Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. You know, we've got a lot to cover on the show today and really some breaking news. There's a quorum in the Texas House. If you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And that includes the legislature in here in Texas. And I start off with the with the whole quorum count thing because that's been a lot of the interest. When is the House going to have enough members? I have 100 members. Democrats are going to come back so the special session can continue. We're on a second special session. That happened earlier this week. So we're going to get into a little bit of detail about why that matters and what we can expect in the next couple of weeks as there's not a whole lot of time left in the special session over at the Texas Capitol. But there's also a date that's looming pretty soon here in the next couple of weeks. And I'm not talking about back to school because I think most people are back to school now. And I'm not gonna and I'm not talking about the start of Texas high school football, which I'd love to spend the show on. And I'm gonna give a shout out to my son's team later in this program at St. Dominic Savio Catholic High School. See how I slipped that in there. But this show is about the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And we have a guest today that is a part of the Texas Values team, but her experience is vast, not just in Texas throughout the countries on these issues. And that's important because on September 1st, there's a new law going into effect, and that's a Texas heartbeat law. And here to talk to us about that issues and a few other issues as well is Arena Grosu, who is now a part of the team, as we like to call it, for Texas Values, doing communications work, working on public policies, and a lot of strategic efforts. Arena, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thank you so much, Jonathan. It's great to be on. Well, it's good to have you on. You've been helping us with some of the production side of the show, but I know you do a, a good bit of media work yourself. You have over the years. Look, I could probably spend five, 10 minutes going through your CV and resume. I want to mention a couple of things, though, for our audience. And I know people are getting familiar with you through our work, but they've probably seen some of your work before. For many years, you were working with Family Research Council, which is a very strong national partner of ours. Um, you've worked for a number of other great pro-life entities. I know at one point you were doing work with EWTN, the international broadcast, Catholic broadcast and media entity that we were a part of a couple of weeks ago. And then most recently, you were in a very high-level role doing communications work under the Trump administration at the Health and Human Services, and particularly on religious liberty. So we're glad, though, that now you're out of that sphere to some extent, and you're available to work with us, because the life issue is something you spend a lot of time in your life focusing on, and there's a lot happening on that issue in Texas in the past year. Yeah, that's right. Thanks very much. Uh, I've been uh, very active in the pro-life movement. Uh, and as you mentioned, I was uh, the director of the Center for Human Dignity at Family Research Council. And um, I'm very passionate. I've always been very passionate about uh, being pro-life. And I think the Texas Heartbeat Act is very strong. I'm excited for it to go into effect on September 1st. It is different from other heartbeat acts around the country. Um, there's 13 other states that have heartbeat laws, but unfortunately those got caught up in the courts. And so we're very, very excited about um, the Texas Heartbeat Act. And in fact, uh, the Houston Chronicle had the title to uh, an article that they published saying, uh, Texas abortion clinics grace for near shutdown as new law is enacted, we have to comply. That's what's, that's a, what's at stake. And in fact, uh, the Biden administration called the Texas Heartbeat Act the most restrictive abortion law yet. So we take that as a sign that we are um, on the right track 
to ending abortion, to limiting abortion in Texas and hopefully nationally. Well, as some of us say in Texas sometimes, it ain't bragging if it's true. And you look, it is true. There is no question that the majority, if not, you know, the overwhelming majority of abortions that are performed are after six weeks or, or five weeks. I mean, a heartbeat can be detected. You and I and, and our members of our team had a conversation about this as early as five weeks, depending on how you add up the math. And, and, and so there is reason, good reason for the abortion lobby, the abortion industry to have this concern when you have a law like the one we have in Texas that's going into effect on September 1st. And just to kind of wrap it up or remind people, the Texas heartbeat law is very simple. If a unborn baby's heart beat is detected, that baby's life is protected. And there's a little bit more to the law, but that's really the essence and the thrust of it. And if you have an abortion doctor who performs an abortion on a baby that has a detectable heartbeat, and the law requires the doctor to uh, to try to detect and search for that heartbeat to confirm whether or not one exists before an abortion is performed, there are consequences. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in just a minute, the civil litigation, how important that is to the legal strategy. But just to kind of, you know, do the big picture here for everyone, what we're talking about. So, and it is notable to say the least, Arena, that you have the abortion industry out there for one reason or another, who knows what their, you know, real strategy is, but essentially admitting, yeah, this could shut us down. Now, part of the reason they're probably saying that is because they want to build you know, sort of a legal argument and an empathetic argument through society. Hopefully people will get on their side. I'm sure that's part of their view, but it is an admission of their part. And as a matter of fact, there is litigation on this issue. There's not been a court ruling that stopped the Texas heartbeat law from going into effect, but there is uh, some entities that have sued. And in the litigation, they have really suggested and claim that this is going to be a huge restriction on them, which tells us a little bit about where they put that focus. And not only do you have that article, there's a Law Journal article out that you and I uh, put together, and this is on the the, uh, Society of St. Sebastian. They have a Law Journal article where we talk a little bit about the heartbeat law. But, you know, look, you've been working with us since May as we were doing a lot of work finishing up on this heartbeat law. And it is important that it's different than those other heartbeat laws in other states that have been struck down. Yes, that's right. So the way it's different is it has a private civil right of action. So anyone can sue an abortionist who does an abortion after a heartbeat is detected. And and so it leaves it for the public to ensure that uh, this law will be um, put into effect. And that way it keeps the government out of um, potential litigation and it actually empowers local local citizens to uh, see what's going on. And, and you know, in the pro-life movement, we say that we are pro-woman and pro-child. And in a lot of uh, what the abortion lobby uh, does is to hide the truth about what abortion is. Um, they don't want to show the heartbeat. They don't want to show ultrasounds because once a woman sees her baby on that screen, her heart changes a lot of times towards that towards her own baby. They want to hide that truth. And um, part of the law is to say, look, there needs to be informed consent. A woman should know that there is a heartbeat. A woman should be able to hear the heartbeat or see the ultrasound. Um, so it really empowers women to know what is truly going on because they just tell them it's a a blob of cells and there is no heartbeat. And the reason we say five weeks is because 
five to six weeks because when when we were looking at uh, doing this journal article, I looked through um, biology books. It's in textbooks. It's in biology textbooks, but um, that it could be as early as five weeks. And um, I've even found videos of a baby's heartbeat at five weeks online. And so if you click on the journal article, it's in the Journal of Bioethics and Law and Culture, uh, and we will link to it as well. You will be able to click through and actually watch the video if you want of a baby's heartbeat at five weeks gestation. Hey, nice work so, if you um, put that link in there. Yeah. Well, and I tried to do my best to check through the footnotes. I had all these flashbacks from law school using my blue book. I Look, it's important, as I was taught in law school, cite your source. And we cited a lot of sources in this Law Journal article. And if you're on Facebook watching us, like this, share it, get it up into your groups. Let's get a lot of attention on this because, trust me, the reason the Houston Chronicle put an article out, in my opinion— on the heartbeat law going into effect in September 1 is they want to continue to build a case leading up to that date that hopefully somehow they can strike some doubt into this law or gain some sympathy and and create a larger argument to uh, have opposition, even though there was strong support for the Texas heartbeat law, there was bipartisan support. Let's talk about some of the facts of the issue, too. The heart of the matter is what we label one of the sections in the Law Journal article arena a close to 55,000 abortions every year in the state of Texas. I was there at the hearing where there was a heartbeat of an unborn baby played, an audio recording. There's no question the universal connection that we have with that indicator of life. But we also know when the woman is pregnant and hears that baby's heartbeat for the first time, it's significant scientifically and throughout the medical process and the, the process of the child developing and the woman's health. But there is a heart and an emotional connection that takes place when you hear it. It's undeniable. That's right. And actually, um, I also would love to share that not only when you hear that heartbeat, that is a key medical predictor that that child will, um, there's a very high probability that that child will make it to term when there's a heartbeat. Um, so actually, um, some of the articles that we cite in the journal article is that there's a, about a 80 to 90 percent chance that if you hear a heartbeat and it's a normal heart rate, that child will will uh, reach full term. And so it's actually a, not only a key medical predictor, but it should also play into the viability debate. That's right. Because if we know from six, five, six weeks that a child is likely 80 to 90 percent chance that that child will survive. That should change the viability debate and the state's interest in protecting that child. Um, but also, uh, most abortions happen in the first trimester. And so with the heartbeat law, this would prevent about 90% of abortions in Texas by this going into effect, at which we are expecting that it'll do on September 1st. Well, look, and, you know, I was doing a media interview about this uh, last week, and, you know, I I don't want to put words into their mouth. Sometimes I'll do these interviews and they'll ask the same question over and over, and you're like, what are they getting at? But they did ask me, you know, about what is the goal here? Isn't the goal really to overturn Roe versus Wade and all of these other kind of legal consequences? And I said, the goal here is to save lives. I mean, that's it. That That is it. It's no more simple than that because a human life is taken in an abortion. A human life is ended. A human life is destroyed 
That is the heart of the matter. And so when we talk about those number of abortions, that's a huge number. In the Law Journal article, we put in there some data about some different Texas cities, right, that are close to 50,000. You think of those cities were completely wiped out to give people an idea of how large that number is every year. Right. I mean, it's hard sometimes to really imagine when we think about some tragedies that have happened. Right. 9-11. I don't remember the number three, maybe four thousand American lives were lost, at least the immediate impact. And so you get to fifty five thousand. It's hard to compare that to other things. Arena, you know, you talked a little bit about the science. The science does matter. Right. I mean, a lot of times the left wants to move away from that or the abortion entities and so on when we talk about these issues. But they're coming more and more undeniable. And you look at the amount of lives that would be saved. Um, Let's shift for a little bit onto the legal side, though, um, because there is a lawsuit in place, a lawsuit that's been filed. I think it's uh, it's frivolous. As I mentioned in my quotes, I think it's a complete joke. They have sued to stop the court clerks and judges from even considering the matter. I mean, laws are, excuse me, lawsuits are filed all the time that have no merit, but you still get to file them and then, you know, they get dismissed or whatever. They want to stop the process from even starting and make it very difficult and really target people that are doing this so that their legal strategy has had to change. And I think it's very desperate and I don't think they're going to win, but it's because the law is written differently. It's civil enforcement. It's not government enforcement. When you don't have government enforcement, you can't make that argument that there's a constitutional violation. And that's how the Texas Heartbeat Act is written. That's right. And um, not only that, but um, for example, with the civil enforcement, we, we know that it already works. So for example, in Lubbock, Texas, it became a sanctuary city for the unborn. And they also uh, were uh, sued by the Planned Parenthood in Lubbock, Texas. And that suit was thrown out. And now the Lubbock um, Planned Parenthood cannot do abortions. And so it uses the same enforcement mechanism as the Texas Heartbeat Act. And what we see there is, look, this, this uh, lawsuit that they, are, um, that they currently have against the Heartbeat Act, one is a pre-enforcement challenge, which is, it goes against the precedent. Secondly, uh, what, what we see here is they're suing government entities that are not the ones who will be enforcing the law to begin with. So they're suing the wrong people. They can't sue anybody in the government when the government's not the one enforcing it. And and I don't um, know how long the complaint was, um, you know, dozens of pages, and it really just felt like, let's throw everything against the wall and see what sticks, right? And so we're talking with Arena Grosu, communications and strategic advisor for Texas Values, tremendous background and experience in her career working for Family Research Council, also the Trump administration, EWTN, great other organizations. I know you've been doing writing for the Charlotte Lozier Institute, which teams up with Susan B. Anthony List. A lot of great history and experience that you bring to the table, but a lot of attention on Texas on what's going to happen with this heartbeat law. It's a different strategy than we've seen before. And to your point, and this is cited in the Law Journal article at the uh, Society of St. Sebastian's uh, Law Journal uh, um, link, that there's precedent. The U.S. Supreme Court has recognized that the significance of a detectable heartbeat can matter in their legal analysis. Yes, and also there's precedent in the fact that there can't be a pre-enforcement challenge that won't in, in the Fifth Circuit. So I think um, the Fifth Circuit is really well poised to uh, have a really strong case here on the Texas Heartbeat Act and for it to go into effect 
on September 1st because there's the Okolobi case. There's other cases that, that protect um, the, the precedent that's set in Texas, Mississippi, and Louisiana. Now, there's strong precedent there. The Fifth Circuit is a collection of three states. It's Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. And so when you get into federal courts of appeals, they organize them based on geography. And so so Texas is a part of the Fifth Circuit. The Okpelobi case is a Louisiana federal case that went up to the Court of Appeals. And you've got this Mississippi case going up to the uh, the Dobbs case going up to the U.S. Supreme Court. A lot of activity and a lot of appointees from your former boss, President Trump, that are on the federal court in those uh, in that particular geographic area that should be very strong. And it's not that you have to be a pro-life advocate judge. You just need to be able to follow the law and precedent. And they're going to do that. And that standard is going to be upheld. And so I think that increases the chances for whatever challenges are going to come. I mean, you know, the abortion industry is going to continue to try to find ways to hamstring this issue. But September 1st, I won't say anything, any more details yet. Stay tuned. There could be something that I'm going to announce related to that. Just a few minutes left with Arena Grossu. We went a, bit, a little bit longer with you, Arena, because we we're having such a great conversation. I want to remind us, though, you're going to be one of the speakers at our upcoming annual policy event. That's the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum, September 24th and 25th here in Austin, Tickets, uh, tickets Texas. Austin, Texas. Get, <laughs> Austin, get Texas. Tickets. Get your tickets. <laughs> I cannot speak. I'm so excited. All right. TXValues.org. This event sells out every year. Arena, you're going to be a speaker for the first time. Your former boss, Roger Severino, spoke last year. We're excited to have you. I'm excited to be there, and I'm excited to join the other great speakers. I just want to mention some of them. I have them here. Louis Gomer, Jimmy Blacklock, Paul Betancourt, um, State Senator Charles Perry, Briscoe Kane, and then we have Nicole Hutchins, who used to work um, at Texas Values, Jason Jones, uh, Beth Stetler, Stetzler, Becky Visosky, Katie Glenn, and Emily Gao. So, and we are adding to that list. So join us if you're able to, September 24th through the 25th in Austin, Texas at the Great Hills Baptist Church. You can get your tickets online at txvalues.org. So join us. We're going to have great conversations on all the issues you care about, including the pro-life issues, gender identity issues, transgender stuff. Um, as well as religious freedom issues. There's no doubt. See, see, can you see why she's a part of our team? She came well-prepared. She's got it all laid out. <laughs> I didn't even get to that point. Hopefully I'll remember some of those speakers. I did remember Arena's going to be there. TXValues.org, she's right. The event will sell out. Uh, look, we've got some other great speakers we're going to be announcing soon. You better get your tickets now because we're going to run out of room, and it's going to be one of the most talked-about events of the year and of the season as we finish up the special session. But we've had a great conversation. We've got a website set up, TexasHeartbeatLaw.com. Get all the great information on the Texas Heartbeat Law going into effect on September 1st. Arena Grossu has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Arena. Thanks so much. All right, I'm going to wrap up a little bit because a couple other issues I want to talk about as Arena continues some work for us today and some other uh, projects that she's involved in. I mentioned the policy forum September 1st, the heartbeat law. Those are significant. We've got a big event coming up in the Houston area. You know, we're a statewide organization. We've got supporters in all 254 counties of the state of Texas. And we want to see you wherever you are. We've got a gala in Houston on November 6th. We also have a great event at lunch in December, I believe December 8th, 13th, I got to check my calendar here that we're going to have at lunch. Bear with me. If you're watching on, me on Facebook, I'm just turning my head for a second to check my phone because a couple of different dates. Uh, this is Texas. Yes, December 8th 
um, at Glen Eagles Country Club in December. And don't forget, November 2nd is the election on a constitutional amendment to protect religious liberty so that the government can never shut down churches for any reason. We're going to make sure that that's just about permanent in our state constitution. Big election, Tuesday, November 2nd. Every registered voter gets to vote on this issue. It's not a partisan Republican or Democrat issue. So we need turnout to be high and to be strong. The legislature is going to get down to business next week, okay? And no, excuse me, they uh, enough Democrats came back that the House has a quorum. The Senate's already been working. I'm told, is it Monday or Tuesday? There's a hearing on the Save Women's Sports issue. I got a text really late last night. Let me just review it again to make sure that I have the right information uh, for next week. Um, it is on Tuesday at 1030 in the Public Education Committee for the Texas House. That is going to be in the Capitol Auditorium is where the hearing is going to take place. This is the Save Women's Sports Bill. This is the issue to make it clear that men should not be playing in women's sports, that we should have fairness, that we should not have a situation where women are losing spots, young girls are losing spots, they're losing races, they're losing opportunities to advance their academic career because they can't get a scholarship. And this bill's passed the Senate several times already. It's time for the House to get something done, okay? Now, look, that education committee, I'm going to tell you, is really split down the middle. And sort of the swing vote is either the chair or Dan Huberty. Last time, Representative Huberty, I don't remember exactly what he did, but I don't think he was a fan of this bill. If you live in his district, you need to let him know he needs to vote as a Republican, as a conservative, and pass this bill forward. I think it's going to be Senate Bill 2. So, uh, but that's next week. Members of our team will be testifying. If you want to come to the Capitol on Tuesday, we'd love to have your support. That room needs to be loaded up. The House needs to have no doubt that this bill needs to move forward. And, you know, look, I've been told that a majority of House members are already ready to support it. But don't take anything for granted, okay? And expect the other side to have a lot of people there. They've been waiting for this kind of opportunity. You know, sometimes legislators, I'll hear them say, oh, we don't need to have a lot of people at this hearing. We've got a lot of support. I never operate under that assumption, and I'm not being overly critical to some elected officials. I've just seen too much. So when it's an issue like this that always gets a lot of attention, you know, look, Florida's passed a law on this, so have other states, but it's been rocky and controversial, so to speak, when it happens, gets a lot of media attention, and, um, and, then, and the votes can be tight. Bring everybody. That's my view. And so come one, come all, come support Senate Bill 2, the Save Women's Sports Bill, Tuesday at 1030. Our team will be there, Jonathan Covey, Mary Elizabeth Castle, and the whole crew. We will be there to assist you. You can call our office. You can email us at info at txvalues.org if you want information about how to sign up, how to testify. we got a great video that will walk you through what to do before you even get to the Capitol. We want to make it simple for you. And look, as we get close to the second half of the month and towards the end of the month, don't forget us about, fi- about us financially. All right. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. That means we rely on your tax-deductible donations to continue to do the work we do. We have a budget of about $1.7 million. We have people like myself, Arena, and others that are members of our team that do get paid to do this work. You've got to pay professional people to do the high-level work that we do and to do it full-time and to be ready on a moment's notice. Go to txvalues.org. Make that tax-deductible donation today. It can be a little bit tougher in the summer months where people have more expenses, they're traveling, they're going on vacation, and they're spending their money there. I totally get that. You do need to spend time with your family. But if you can support the work we do in these tough months like August, 
We need the help. And we're working harder this month than usual because of the special session at the Texas Capitol. We're one of the few groups, if, if maybe not the only sometimes, that has a presence at the Capitol every day during sessions. That includes special and regular. I was there What's today? Friday this week. I was there last week checking in with members of the legislature and seeing what the quorum numbers are. And the House does as a quorum. They're going to get to business. They got to business yesterday on Thursday. Didn't do a whole lot, some formalities, but they're going to really get down to work next week. So stay tuned for that. Go to TXValues.org. Check out our events that are coming up. September 1st, Texas Heartbeat Law is going into effect. September 24th and 25th, that is the annual Texas Values Policy Forum right here in the northwest part of Austin at Great Hills Baptist Church. Tickets are very affordable for that event. And I have a huge announcement coming up. Probably got to wait until next week. The event's going to sell out. All right. Don't wait until I make this announcement and then you can't get your tickets because the sales are going to go through the roof. I'm telling you. And then we've got our gala November 6th in Houston. And then we've got a lunch planned on December 8th. Uh, And if you need a speaker to come out to your event, I've been out and about um, speaking to groups. Let us know. Send us an email at info at txvalues.org. We also have a form on our website. All right. Texas high school football has already started with scrimmages. Regular season starts next week for a lot of schools. Shout out to St. Dominic Savio Catholic High School, where my son Johnny Sines is a player. Our head coach, uh, Rod Green, our great athletic director, Louise Swain. One of our scrimmages tonight, Hyde Park. All right, private school battles. All right, 7 p.m. at the Hyde Park uh, field out in the quarries. Texas high school football is back. We're going to have a lot of fun with faith family and football but go eagles all right and continue to stay plugged in on our website at txvalues.org for the work we do on faith family and freedom in texas and we'll talk to you next week on the texas values report